Geek Out Podcast. My name is David. My name is Matt. And we are the Taylor Bros. Bringing you the Make It Count Podcast. And the Christmassy vibes. Yeah. So, Matt, you wanted to talk about something today. What did you want to talk about? Well, not to speed onto it, but we're going to be talking about waiting today. As we have just entered into the season of Advent, which obviously is a system, sis, not a system, a time of waiting in the Christian calendar for the advent of Jesus at Christmas. Hmm. So thought it'd be a good time to talk about waiting, why it's hard, the good things that come with waiting, and maybe the things we miss out on if we try to skip waiting. Hmm. Yeah. So. Advent means waiting. Is that what you you said? Advent actually means coming. Huh. So the advent of Jesus, coming of. Um, and so an, an advent period is waiting for the coming of. Yeah. Okay. Like Interesting. Anticipation of. It's the anticipation of the coming, isn't it? Right. And so, you know, lots of people might have their advent calendars at the moment and they get their one chocolate every day until sort of Christmas Eve and they might get a bigger chocolate ahead of, of Christmas. Is that what you mean by sort of like waiting? In a sense, yeah. So I actually was I was reminded of uh, today the history of the holly wreaths. And obviously through many cultures, through ages there have been. But in the medieval ages in Germany, the Lutherans started using these holly wreaths as um, these crown-shaped things, reminders of the crown, and then there would be some candles, right? And there was this one guy, uh, he was called, I think, was it Lud- Johannin Heinrich Weichem. And uh, he basically wanted to encourage the kids, typically the poor children around, to not rush through the anticipation of Christmas. They wanted it just to be, oh, we want it to be Christmas now. He wanted them to not rush through that anticipation period. So he kind of, he created one with, a candle for every day and then a bigger candle for each of the Sundays running up to it. So, and then one big candle for that final, that final day. And the idea then was every day they would come and join in as he lit one of these candles and it's counting down the days. And we, I mean, we still do that. You know, I, I remember talking with friends about, you know, they've got a big thing coming and they go, Oh, only 10 more sleeps to go, you know, that sort of thing. And there is something about that that it might seem childish but actually in doing that we are building up the anticipation and we are stretching out that time of enjoyment when we just try to rush through it actually i think what he understood for those kids is they actually can't transverse they can't transverse through that time any quicker but they can miss it they can miss the richness of it mm-hmm. and we can rob ourselves of the enjoyment of that so that's kind of what I think is uh, an interesting little insight into the history of that, but also part of maybe what we talk about today is we can't actually while away the time any quicker. Rather than whiling away the time, let's in- soak in the anticipation of the good that is to come. Okay, nice. So almost the opposite things are like rushing and quickness versus waiting and maybe a bit more like patience. But actually you're talking about waiting with anticipation and and almost noticing that present moment so most of us our experience of waiting is going to be maybe stuck in traffic or in a queue at the supermarket or something 
um, and I suppose maybe there's a bit of anticipation to getting home or uh, to getting your food. But but what does that look like then to wait well in those situations? Mm, that's a good question. I think, well, of course, there, <laughs> some of the things we've talked about, uh, I don't know if we've talked about the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I like that book. I think it's very worthwhile reading. We obviously live in a time where we are constantly pushed towards rush and hurry and also distraction. So typically what do most people do when found in any queue now? We pull out the phone. We pull out the source of I want mental stimulation right now. I couldn't possibly abide with just standing here and existing. <laughs> I need to try and transcend the limitations of this moment by being transported somewhere else or mm -hmm. uh, living vicariously through other people's lives right now. Uh, and so I think a large part of our angst when it comes to waiting is we are trying to transcend the limitation of time. And I was recently reminded of, again, there was that Bill Gates um, documentary and didn't watch all of it, long series, but one of the early episodes, it was this real focus on his absolute obsession with time. And his assistant said, well, it's because it's the one thing he can't buy more of. He can't buy more time. And again, the richest at the time, the richest man in the world. And even he can't buy more time. So none of us can. And we're stuck with the 24 hours we've got. We're stuck with the seven days of the week. So what do we do with that? And I think a lot of what are the thing that drives us towards all of that. Well, we're seeing just this epidemic of all of the negative anxiety, depression, um, burnout, just feeling totally exhausted is this thing of we need to pack more and more and more and more and more in. And any time of dead space we fill. Mm. And I'm kind of reminded of, it's kind of a different concept, but the again, that Avatar quote from the first film, the first, um, the Blue People film, uh, not the Airbender one, the... They, they were saying, oh, the good thing about the the soldier being in the Avatar was that he wasn't a full cup. You know, they tried to talk to the scientists, but they were a full cup and you can't fill a cup that's already full in a different sense, because obviously that was to do with knowledge and, and openness to new learning. But if we have no margin, no dead space, no downtime, there is we are anything that adds in pushes us over the edge. And we are now overflowing and leaking. And so how can we regain, I think we talked last week about the life of regaining relationship in a technological world. I think the speed of relationship is a lot slower than the speed of technology. And so how can we move back towards that humanity by slowing things down? And partly that goes, I'm going to choose to sit in this waiting without distracting myself. So there's a, a psychological sort of model that I've used in, in coaching before. And it's basically um, imagining a pie chart, really. Um, how much of your time as a percentage do you spend thinking about your past? How much as a percentage do you spend thinking about your present? And how mm -hmm. much as a percentage do you think about your future? And then you do that and you're like, well, in your current reality, what does that look like? And then you go, what's your ideal picture? And it won't always be the same for everybody. Um, and there's quite a lot of research and quite a lot of people talk about how it's just really powerful to lengthen out that present moment. How present can we be in this moment? 
And I suppose what you're talking about, though, is that waiting is about having that future um, perspective. But mm. often our response now is to to try and get there as quickly as we possibly can. So we distract our present moment. So we're yeah. filling those present moments with the phone, with the busyness, with work, with everything, so that I can get to that future point seemingly quicker. Obviously, time passes the same, but if we're busy and distracted, we don't maybe notice the passing of the time in the same way. But the cost of that is that we maybe lose the joy of the anticipation of the building up of that. And instead, we're, we're sort of just sieving our lives away without even noticing them passing. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. Uh, I mean, there's was it Click that great piece of artistic cinema, cinema uh, Adam Sandler oh, film, yeah, with the the Universal Remote, and of course the lesson he learns by the end of that. So the brief summary, if if nobody's watched it, which I wouldn't blame you if you hadn't, <laughs> is that he discovers that he's got this a magical remote control that can control life so if something's happening that you know if someone's shouting at him he doesn't like he just presses mute and then you know oh if he wants to skip a boring meeting he just skips ahead but what he then you know there's unintended consequences by the end of the film he kind of gets the opportunity to go back to when he first found the remote control and do it all again and i think he decides to break the remote or something or not use it because he realizes that He'd missed his entire life. He's like his old man in bed, dying, and his family around him. And he'd missed it all. He didn't know anything. So it's like, oh, yeah, I think we can sometimes feel that. I can get to the end of a day or the end of a week and go, man, I, I don't really, like, ex did I exist? I, I can't really differentiate it from last week or the week before. I, I just did everything out of race. And did I really experience it? Yeah. And so I suppose that's the challenge, isn't it? Of embracing the weight, embracing the anticipation, not distracting ourselves to some future moment or a continuous nature of future moments. There's always going to be future moments to anticipate and, and to wait for, but actually to to almost just embrace those, those times, put the phone down, sit, enjoy the build-up, enjoy the the getting closer. Uh and and yet still be in the present if we can recognize yeah. this is a part of the transition. You know, uh, I suppose one of the things that is interesting, I read a book. We might I don't think we did a podcast on it. We might have done, actually. Life is in the transitions. And one of the realizations that I came across was that actually most of life is transitions. And if you're waiting for that transition to end so that you can finally enjoy it, what is likely to happen is you'll be in in the middle of another transition or there'll be another thing to move towards. And so if we're always waiting just for the next good thing, mm. ultimately, like you said, we could just while our whole life away and, and miss it. Um, so be present, enjoy, sit down with a cup of, you know, a cup of hot drink or whatever and just anticipate what's coming up. But don't wish away the present whilst you do it. Yeah, that's really interesting because, of course, there are multiple, I mean, there are endless ways to wait badly, aren't there? And I like that thing about the pie chart and obviously pie charts are but present, future, past and how much of your time is spent like thinking about each of those areas. And I think one of the ways you've just expressed that we can uh, wait 
poorly is it's almost that thing of oh life will start to be good when x happens when i get to you know college or get the job or house or job whatever it is so that's where we're kind of we're totally future oriented and we're not living now but i think sometimes when we find ourselves in a period of waiting whether it is as mundane as standing in a queue at a shop which is becoming less and less common because we just do everything online um or in a queue at the traffic lights which are, or it's we're waiting for a significant date christmas for example that is how like how can we do that in such a way that we we hold on to i am going through the process whilst looking to the future mm. and i think when we dis- seek to distract ourselves via all the digital world that is available to us that is actually not being present minded that's uh, again it's a sense of i don't know if it's a sense of future minded but it's a sense of i want to be transported somewhere else right now where it's fun rather than be where you are i want to be where i am and just enjoy being alive and of course that's easier said than done and it's also easier there's lots of reasons why it's difficult life is difficult and you you know but i think when we always seek to distract and numb and escape we rob ourselves of the true process of actually in the waiting and in going through that something changes in us and we learn to appreciate the cycles of life the slowness of life and that actually good things come we you know, we still can I, i suppose with all of our you mentioned before we started recording we we're trying to transcend even the seasons now so it used to be if you wanted a certain piece of fruit or food you had to wait until it was season for that but of course now with global trade i can just get that imported from somewhere where that's growing all the time because the climate's suitable and so i don't have to wait for the seasons but there is that great poem that's about you know you try to force a pear tree to to drop its pears before they're ripe you can hack at it you can and what you're going to do is you're going to cut down the tree in fact if you just sit down and wait at the base of the tree and hold out your hand in time a pear will drop into your hand obviously poetic but there are some things that we still can't rush hmm. yes indeed and speaking of rushing and waiting i'm sure you have been waiting with anticipation for the end of this episode um so <laughs> We we hope you've enjoyed it uh, and you are waiting well and uh, yeah let us know what you think about these these ideas and and is it countercultural to wait uh, with uh, well to wait well shall we say um, but that's all from us this week at the Make It Count podcast thank you again for listening and see you next week.